0: Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzovino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Glory to God. Is He good? And His mercy? Hallelujah to Jesus. If God's before us, who could be against us? God's on my side. I don't know about you. He's on my side. He's for us. Say it with me. God is for us. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost—they're for us. They're with us, and they're in us. That means we're victors. Glory to that's right. That's what it means. Isn't that what it means? It means we're victorious. Through Him, of course. Well, if you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Hosea, page 979. In my Bible, in your Bible, I don't know what page it is, but in my Bible, it's 979. I am getting so excited about the Word of God, as if you didn't know. I mean, more excited. It gets better and better and better and better and better. The more light you get, oh, I'll tell you what, sometimes you just could not contain. Peter's had to say it like this. He says, that's just a joy unspeakable. It's a joy unspeakable. You know, we speak about it, but it's still a joy unspeakable. Because our language could not express that which He has done for us. Now I know why we had to be recreated and filled with the Spirit and given another tongue. I don't know how some Christians can really not... Speak with other tongues and express the joy that's in them. Because it's a joy unspeakable and full of the glory of God. Amen. Hosea, the fourth chapter and verse 6. My people are destroyed or perish for the lack of knowledge. Underline the phrase for, the, for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge... I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Our Father, we thank you for your word today. We know that this word will not come back void, but it shall accomplish that which you please and prosper in the thing where until you sent it. And you sent that word to heal your people. And so, Father God, in Jesus' name, this Word has healing power in it. Saving power, healing power, and delivering power. And it will be manifest unto your people in the blessed, holy name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I want you to notice that this minor prophet, Hosea, is saying some things here that I think is applicable not only to them then, I think God's people everywhere. My people, they're destroyed or they perish for, the la- for lack of knowledge, number one, and also for the rejection of knowledge, number two. Put number one and number two over there. The reason why they're rejecting that knowledge is because it doesn't set right with them. Or it's not the way they feel it should be. Now, you see, the knowledge came. They received the knowledge. But they rejected that knowledge. And because they rejected that knowledge, they had a lack of the knowledge of God. Oh, they may have thought what they knew was right unto them, but the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of what? The knowledge he's talking about is the knowledge of God. Now, we've been talking about growing in grace and knowledge. And what growing in the knowledge of of the Word of God will do for you, really the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord is what we're talking about. And sometimes I think uh, people are going into uh, gaining knowledge of devils and demons, gaining knowledge of uh, the Old Testament and this and that, and really have left out the fact that, this important fact, we are to be gaining knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. The Bible is progressive revelation. In other words, more light, more light, more light, more light. The closer we get, you see, to the end, the more light we have. And some try to live their life in this dispensation by looking back to the other dispensations and uh, taking parts that don't really belong to them, parts that are bad. Someone asked me like this How come you seem to take all the good out of the old covenant and leave out all the bad? Well, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's simple. We got a new covenant established upon better promises, which took all the good promises of the old covenant, took out all the bad and left it there, and brought all the good into this new covenant, and we got a better covenant established upon better promises. And so we don't live our life by the bad things that happened back there. We live our life by this better covenant. Isn't that right? I mean, that's plain and simple, isn't it? Even That's plain and simple in a secular world, even when you have a contract with, the, with your employer. You do the same thing, you know, when you get a new contract, you don't take all the bad, the things that you didn't like. You get rid of some of those things and get some better things. But you take all the good out of that contract, isn't that right, when you apply it to the new contract? Okay, now, two things here. Lack of knowledge and rejection of knowledge. And we said the lack of knowledge comes because of the rejection of knowledge. In other words, if God is going to move on your behalf, we saw in 2 Peter 1, 2 Grace and peace is multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Then you have got to have knowledge. We have got to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Jesus, the Father God and Jesus, if we are going to allow God to move on our behalf. If not, we're going to be resisted by God. And I'll show you that by the Word. God can only work, your Heavenly Father can only work in your life according to the knowledge you have of Him. Just think about this just for a second. Before you got saved, you had no knowledge of salvation. You may have not. Some of might, have, If someone told you you were getting convicted once you heard the word. But until the time you really saw that the word said that, and you had no knowledge of the true light of salvation. Did you notice you never got saved? Did you notice that? As long as you didn't know you must be born again and receive Jesus Christ into your life, and and receive the the new nature? You never got saved, did you? Was it God's will to save you? You better believe it was. God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance, right? Well, may I ask you why you didn't get saved during that whole period of time? I went 24 years of my life without being saved, and I wanted to go to heaven bad. I mean that. I mean, I, I told you before how I got on my bedside and... You know, I'd, I had, uh, well, in, in my faith, and I believe I could say this with all honesty, and I used to sit down and say the rosary every day. I got to a point in my life, I'd sit there and I'd, I'd say the rosary and say all my prayers and our fathers and hell marriage. I did everything. I mean, I, I did that with sincerity of heart. I wanted to go to heaven. And I'd pray every morning, Father, I'd say, I hope one day I'm good enough to come up there with you. And I was sincere. I was sincere. But I wasn't saved. And if I'd have died, I'd not made it. I wasn't saved. I was sincere. Why wasn't I saved? I didn't have any knowledge. I didn't know I had to be born again. And somebody came along and said, you know you must be born again to go to heaven. And I caught the last part, to go to heaven. Wait a minute, say that again. You want to go to heaven? I said, yes, sir said, you must be born again. I said, well, what am I waiting for? Where, where do you, you know, and I found the Bible where it said that. And I said, how come I never was told this? Well, of course, he had the wisdom of God and just said, well, you know, regardless of whether you were or not, it says it in the Bible. And Jesus said it. I said, well, I'm going to take that. I want that. I want to go to heaven. I want to be born again. And so, you see, he brought to me the knowledge of God for salvation. And when I got a hold of that knowledge, I got saved. God is limited by the knowledge you have of Him. And if you don't have the knowledge of how to get saved, you won't get saved. If you don't have the knowledge how to get healed, you're not going to get healed. If you don't have the knowledge of how to appropriate the blessings of God and finances, you may not get your needs met. Do you see what I'm saying? It takes knowledge in every one of these areas. Every area of our life takes the knowledge of God. Let me show you a scripture that you may have have overlooked. I'm I'm going to get ahead of myself again, but I, I don't mind. When I get ahead of myself, it means the Spirit of God is getting a hold of me. Amen? Look at Colossians, the third chapter. And we're going to use this along these lines of teaching. I read this and it just seemed like it just came off the pages to me. And uh, I was enlightened and started to say some things that I, I, I never... I may have seen them in a limited light, but I never seen them as I've seen, I see them right now. In... More of an open light, you see. In other words, gaining more light and understanding of, of what he's talking about here. Look at this verse. I know, it's, I know it's just going to be out of context. You'd have to read the whole thing to put it in, but we will go back and do this. Let's just read the one verse. I want to show you something here. And have put on the new man. This is the desire of our heart is put on the new man, right? Walking in Christ. Isn't that right? Isn't that the desire? This is Colossians third chapter, verse 10. Isn't that our desire? To put on Christ... Put on this new man and walk after this new man. All right, look at which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And I read that and I had I did a double take and I had to stop right there. And I says Lord, I, I've got a, that's just a lot of meat there. I says I got to sit, sit and meditate on this. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Let me read it to you from the Amplified Bible. And uh, give you a little bit more. Blow it up a little bit so you can see it like I did. And have clothed yourselves with new, the new spiritual self which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded in the fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image or the likeness of Him who created it. And i tell you, I grabbed a hold of that and I started to see something. I said, Lord, we're struggling for faith. Boy, if we just had enough faith to do this, if we just had enough faith to do that, and we can get healed, we can get set free, we can get delivered, we can do this. And He's saying to me, it's not... Faith, you need its knowledge. Because when knowledge comes, faith is there. When the knowledge comes, faith was there. You know there was no problem about faith once I found out I had to be born again? None. None at all. I took that scripture, said you must be born again. What came with that knowledge? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I heard that word. It brought knowledge to me that I'm, I'm lost, I'm a sinner, and I'm not going to make it to heaven unless I'm born again. And at that moment, faith was there for me to be born again. I just said the sinner's prayer, repented, and I was born again. Now, is that simple? It was simple. This new man on the inside will renew the outward man... So the outward man could look like the inward man through the knowledge or through knowledge of him that created this. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said something like this here. If you could have seen Adam, you would have seen in his outward man an expression of what was on the inside. God created Adam and formed Him the way He wanted him to be. And every part of His body was an expression of the life that was within His being, His Spirit. Which was the likeness of God. I mean, He was just made a shade lower than Elohim, than God Himself. And so every part of the human body was created and formed by God so that it can perfectly express The life that's within. Because the spirit does not contact this natural world. But the physical body contacts this natural world. Isn't that right? And so it had to be made just like God. wanted. He had to form it and make it perfect so that the life that was within can be perfectly expressed in the outward man. And if you'd have seen him, Adam was the perfect expression of the life that was in his spirit. By his outward man. See, his outward man was. Now, are you ready for this? Jesus was the brightness of his glory and the express image of God's person. You've seen me? You've seen the Father. You've seen me? Philip, how sayest thou? Show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Hast thou not known me, Philip? If you see me, you've seen the Father. The express image of the person of God. Jesus' body expressed the very image of God's person in this world. No other way it could have been done. No other way God could have come to, the, to you and to me. He tried to do it with Moses and all, you know what he saw? A flame of fire in a bush. And he heard the words. And he could hear what he was saying. And he could do what he told him to do. And he did it. But he could not have the intimacy of walking up to someone like Jesus and talking with God himself through Jesus who was the very express image of the person of God. That's exactly what he was. Jesus used his body in perfection. He perfectly expressed God's desires and God's will in the earth. Jesus is the express will of God in the earth. He was when He walked on the earth. Think about that. Think about walking up to the Master. As the leper came and said unto Him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Jesus stretched forth His hand and said, I will be thou clean. That was the very express image and will of God. Of the Father God. You couldn't get better than that. It was God the Father expressing Himself through the Son into that man with compassion. In other words, what I'm saying is this. If God would have appeared to him as God is, the Father that is, of course the man couldn't behold Him. He couldn't look on Him because no one could look in the face of God. he died, right? But Jesus was the very express image of God's person. And when he looked into the eyes of Jesus, he looked into the eyes of the Father God. And Jesus just perfectly carried out the will of God through that physical body. Beloved, you and I are going to be changed through this knowledge that we're going to hear so that this physical body will crucify, be crucified. The outward man will be crucified. And we will put on this new man that Paul's talking about through all the epistles, this new man through knowledge, so that instead of sadness and sorrow and darkness and gloom and complaining and murmuring and all these expressions of Satan's person won't be coming through us. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Express God's person, don't express Satan's person. And I'll tell you what, it, uh, I just began to see that. I began to meditate that. Now, I don't know where you're going to do with this right now, but you better meditate that. You better meditate what I just said, because it'll get your fire lit. It'll get you cooking. I mean, glory to God, it'll get you going. Think about that every time. You know why God doesn't like murmuring and complaining and uh, arguing and strife and division? Because you are expressing the fallen man through Satan. That's right. That's what this outer man man was filled with and, and trained, more or less, because of the life of the devil that was in him. He was trained and perfected in this outward man to express Satan's person. Think about that. When Adam became one with the devil, he, in spirit, soul, and body, expressed his very person in this earth. Which was supposed to be expressing God's person in the earth. Now, there's a good scripture for you to meditate and tear apart. We may do that as we go on. But now, we've been talking about really growing up in grace and knowledge. Growing up and learning how to. I'm not satisfied with just knowing what we should do. I was always interested in showing how to do it. I was always concerned with, Lord, how do I put on this new man? How do I walk in love? How do I walk by faith? It's not enough just to know you're supposed to do it. You've got to learn how to do it. And that's why I keep digging for is and learning how, how, how. I know faith is important, but blessed be God, I know why he said add to your faith knowledge. Because with knowledge, faith is already, resident. It's already present right there so that you can do it. Now, let's look at, at uh, some of the scriptures Go over to 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. Some of the scriptures we've been talking about. Listen, listen to this as you turn, 1 Corinthians, third chapter. Adam partook of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it's almost like Dr. Jekyll and Mr., you know, Hyde. You've got two personalities. Adam partook of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he, at that time, became one with the devil. He was united with the devil. He expressed all Satan's characteristics and personalities. He was the express image of Satan's person. I mean, you can find that in Ephesians, the second chapter. That's exactly what we were. Child of wrath, even as others. You, hath the quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Same spirit. Among whom we all had our conversation and time has passed, fulfilling the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the flesh, in the lust of our flesh, and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. It's exactly what Paul was saying right there. When you were not saved, you were dead in spirit, and you expressed in this earth the very life and the nature and the lust and the desires of Satan. It's a low blow. <laughs> But you were and now you are made alive to be conformed into the image of his son, who is the express image of his person. To bear fruit of righteousness and not that of evil. See, that's what he's saying here. That's exactly what this whole New Testament is showing us. That's what the Paul in Revelation is declaring to you and me. Life and death, good and evil, had he never partaken of that knowledge of the tree, tree of good and evil, that knowledge, notice it's the knowledge of good and evil, then all Adam would have had was the knowledge of totally good. But when he partook, all he had was wickedness and he knew all evil. But now listen to this, in the new birth, your spirit is born again It takes on the life of God, but your body is still walking in the life of Satan, and your mind is confused. It's still controlled by the senses. Now the warfare, now listen to this, is not only between God and Satan, Jesus and the devil. It's between your spirit and your body. The spirit and the body. What do you think he meant there in Galatians when he said the senses war against the spirit? Or the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh? What's that warfare all about? Well, we're going to see. We're going to see how we could actually win the warfare over this outward man. And crucify it and mortify it. And then begin to mold it into Christ. So that this body begins to express God. Jesus Living in your mortal body—that's what he's saying. Here, these are some characteristics that you need to be familiar with. Let's show you two things. Let, let's just talk, let's talk about twos, okay? Two kinds of life: the life in the nature of God, the life in the nature of Satan. The life in the nature of God was Jesus in action. The life in the nature of Satan, we know, was fallen man. Isn't that true? Two kinds of life. Two kinds of characteristics. Two kinds of people. Two kinds of righteousness. Number one, self-righteousness. Satan said, I will, I will, I will, I will. I'll make my throne above God's throne. The man who tries to get to heaven that way is the man who says, I'm good. I do everything all right. Self-righteousness. Two kinds of righteousness. He has faith in his senses. What do you think the difference was between Cain and Abel? One chose something that was not of the fruit of the earth, but the other one chose the fruit of his own labor. You know the fruit of your own labor before God is nothing? If God would have accepted his sacrifice, then what he did with his hands would have made him righteous. But he couldn't do it. God couldn't accept it. No matter how sincere he was. I don't care how sincere he was. God cannot accept something that a man does No flesh shall glory in the presence of God. Isn't that right? Two kinds of righteousness. There's righteousness in Christ. There's righteousness by the works of the flesh. You're not going to make it to heaven by the righteousness of the works of your flesh. Produces two kinds of faith. Faith in self, faith in the senses, or faith in God. Two kinds of natures, two kinds of life, two kinds of righteousness, two forces, love and selfishness, good and evil. What's he doing? He's separating between between good and evil. He's separating between God and the devil. John 10.10 divides it right down the middle. Jesus came that we might have life. Satan came to kill, steal, destroy. Do you see it? You see that? The life of God is in your spirit. The life and the lust of the flesh are still patterned after that which was evil. There's a warfare. Your flesh wants to do this. Your spirit man doesn't want it. Your mind, it's confused. It doesn't know which way to go. You double-minded, you won't get anything from God. You double-minded, you'll never grow. Going this way and going that way, you're never going to do anything. Become single-minded, the light of the body is the eye. Single-mindedness will produce light into your mind and into your body. The whole man shall be full of... Full of what? Full of what? The glory of God. Full of light. Spirit, soul, and body. It's in your spirit. And many have not even renewed their mind to get it up here. I'm going to show you by the Word of God. Look at some characteristics of these two lives. Two kinds of wisdom. Two kinds of knowledge. There's a the knowledge of good. There's the knowledge of evil. There's knowledge of the senses. There's a the knowledge of the Word. Revelation. Okay, let's... First Corinthians 3. And Paul here talking to the church says, I, brethren, cannot speak unto you as unto the spirit, but as to the carnal, even as babes in Christ. I fed you with milk, You're not able, not with meat. For hitherto you are not able to bear it. Neither yet are you able, for you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you stri- envying, strife, divisions, are you not carnal, and walk as men. Okay. Walk as natural man, or as a mere man. What he's saying here? As long as there's what? envy, strife, division. Envy, strife, division. As long as there's envy, as long as there's strife, as long as there's vision, you are not spiritual. You are carnal. You're born again, but you are living after the dictates of the flesh. You are not living after the dictates of the spirit. You are living after the dictates of the... Uh, uh, the old. Flesh, if you want to say it. It's, it's the, you don't have two natures, okay? I want to get away. That's what I want to stay away from. You don't have two natures. You've got one nature, the nature of God. Your spirit man is not regenerate. It's not glorified yet. But it still has the control of the old life. Alright? Let's distinguish between the two. You can choose to live after the dictates of the spirit, or you can choose to walk after the flesh. If you're walking after the flesh, you will produce these envy, strife, Division. Let's go to James, the third chapter, and see how James ties this in perfectly. Perfect harmony with what's being said. Two kinds of... I want you to grab a hold of that thought. Two kinds of... Two expressions of... You can express two, kind, two kinds of life. Two kinds of wisdom. James is going to get into it right here. Third chapter, verse 13. Check out some of these scriptures with knowledge in it. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Endued endued with what? Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good lifestyle his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is what? Earthly sensual, and devilish. See, there's that wisdom. The wisdom of this outward man is considered to be earthly... You've got to tear apart these three words right here. You've got to understand what he's actually saying. The devil, the world, and the flesh. Look at them again. The devil, the world, and the flesh. Earthly, the world. Sensual, five physical senses, or the flesh, the outward man. And devilish. And devilish. You know, we talk about putting on... In Ephesians over there, Paul talked about putting on this new man and putting off this old man. Did you notice that he said in in, in those scriptures there, and we'll get to it here in a minute. He says, don't put away from you lying, put away from you cheating, put away from you anger, malice, bitterness, strife, envy, and division. Did you not notice... That he did not mention, put away from you cigarettes, put away from you tobacco, put away from you alcohol, put away from you, you know, this and that and all these other things. Like we seem to blow up and make so big in the church world, which I'm not condoning or saying that they're right. But did you notice that the emphasis was placed upon spiritual things more than physical things? Did you notice that? Why do you think that is? As long as you're operating in these things, you are being led by the world system, you're being led by your flesh, and you're being led by the devil, and you're genuinely born again. And Paul says, I can't get across to that person anything that's spiritual. He's unable to receive spiritual things because he's still a baby, a carnal baby in Christ. Two kinds of wisdom, two kinds of knowledge, two kinds of righteousness, two kinds of life. This is what he's referring to. Now look what he says here. Let's, let's, show you, let's show you the rest of it. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every what? Now just, just circle the word. See, don't, don't read fast when you study your Bible. Stop there. The knowledge of good and what? So where these things are is the knowledge of what? Beloved, when you get into strife division... And you allow those things to dominate you. And you begin to argue. And people, even Christians, argue the Word of God. I want to tell you something right now. I don't care if you're talking about the Word of God or not. That's evil. That shows a lack of spiritual growth. There's a lack of spiritual maturity. And there's confusion there also. Envy, division, every evil work. That's of the earth. That's of the senses. That's of the devil. I didn't say it. James said it. Paul said it. Now let's go on. But the wisdom that is from above, notice two kinds of wisdom. Here's two kinds of wisdom. Is first pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. Exactly what he told you to put away. The exact opposite. Your flesh is dominated, totally dominated by the first part. Totally dominated. But your inward man has been flooded with righteousness with this kind of wisdom. Jesus Christ has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That's all in your spirit. These things are all in the outward man. What are we going to do? we two kinds of people? No. One kind. Jesus people. Born again? Yes. Filled with the life of God? Yes. What are we going to do? My outward man does this and wants to do this, but my inward man, it, it wants to serve God. I want to serve God so much, I want to live for God. You hear it all the time, but I just can't seem to do do right. I just can't seem to do, where's the problem here? Well, if you just, you know, pray a little bit and ask God to forgive you, and maybe go to church a little bit more. No, that's not it. We have tried to deal with this outward man according to our own ways instead of according to the Word of God, instead of according to the Holy Spirit dealing with us in our spirits, and not, you see, doing it by ourselves. Not doing it by the, being a good person, not by going to church all the time. If you just go to church more, see, you'll be a better Christian. And sometimes I think we got this up here in our heads. Oh, if they'd ever stop smoking, they'd be a great Christian. But on the opposite effect, you got one, that, let's, say, let's say you got a born-again believer that, that's been really bound up by smoking, and, and they, they'll stay away from the church because they'll be so condemned. Not knowing that, that if you're going to get the Word of God, you're going to get delivered from that. And not realizing and understanding that these things can be dealt with if if we get the Word and get knowledge of the Word. Now this is what He wants us to understand. This is what He wants us to know and this is what He wants us to grow into. The full knowledge of God's will and the full knowledge of the person we are in Jesus Christ so that we can be an expression of that image that's in us. And let our bodies be a vessel of honor that will show forth the expression of God's person by being changed from glory to glory into the very image of God through the knowledge of Him. Through the knowledge of God, through the knowledge of Jesus our Lord. Alright, right, last verse says here, And the fruits of righteousness are sown in peace of them that make peace. Now, this person... Let's go back to Hebrews just for a minute. The fifth chapter. I shared this Wednesday. I want to just reiterate a, a point here. In the fifth chapter, verse 12... So see, we're born again, these people are born again, the Corinthian church is born again. They have the life of God in them, they have the nature of God in them, but but you see, their walking is mere man. Their walking is mere, their walk is that according to a mere man. They don't look like they're born again. Some of them even doubt whether or not they're born again. Why? Well, if I was born again, I wouldn't be doing this, would I? If I was born again, I wouldn't be doing that, would I? And so you see, we've got a warfare. They accept Christ at the altar 20 times, and then they say, well, I, I don't know if I'm born again or not. Well, how many times do you have to accept him to be born again? See? Well, but yeah, but I know I accepted him, but if I was born again, I wouldn't have done that, you see. There's a warfare going on. There's a battle going on. And if you listen to the wrong side of it, beloved, you're going to get defeated by the devil. But if you listen to who you are in Christ, you're going to change into his very image. You're going to show forth the praises of him that's called you out of this darkness and brought you into this glorious light. That's exactly what the New Testament is revealing to you and me in these epistles right here. Hebrews, the fifth chapter. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, verse 12. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need again, need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even who by reason of use have their senses exercised. And I gave you that word, exercise. Don't forget it. Your senses stripped. The word there is nudity. Naked. Stripped. Have your senses stripped to nudity. Think about that. You've got senses. You've you got these two. You've got the inward man. You've got the outward man. The outward man is dominated by the senses. That's what I see, hear, and feel, and taste. So all that. The sense The sense realm. But he said the baby the carnal man is the one who through not using the word of god not practicing the word of god his senses are still not being able to understand what's good and look at the last part of that phrase there look at that have their senses exercised both to discern both good and evil you're still walking around under the, the dictates of the knowledge of good and evil just like adam when he fell only now we've been brought to a place of good, and you also understand evil. So here we are, we're torn between the two. We're, we're like a yo-yo going back and forth. Really, some of us are called yo-yo Christians, up and down. Up this week, down that week, up this week. Some of them say up on a valley, and down, up on a mountain, down in a valley, up and down, up and down. You know why? There's the reason why. You've not yet had your senses stripped so that you can fully understand what is the difference between that which is good and that which is evil. If you really understood the two and stripped yourself down as a newborn babe and desired the sincere milk of the Word of God, you would grow up into Christ. And you would put away from you that which is evil and you'd cleave to that which is good. You would abhor that which is evil and you would cleave to that which is good. And so, when the evil would come... Instead of you getting down under the shadows of it and expressing that, whatever it is, oppression, depression, lack, sickness, disease, sorrow. Think about all those words. They all come from evil. Even though it's there, your senses would be discerned and stripped down to a place that you recognize that as being evil and not from God. I would shun it. I would abhor it. And even though my feelings are telling me this was, there's something wrong with you or whatever the case might be, I would cleave to that which is good. By his stripes I'm healed. Glory to God, by his stripes I'm healed. And as I cleave to that and I abhor the evil, then my senses will line up to the word of God. See, I stripped off those things and I put on the new man that's created in the image of God. This is what he's talking about here. That's what he's saying right here. And you know, I don't care how many times you've been to church. I don't care if you went three times a week for the, for the last 40 years. If you d- did not understand what we're talking about right here. You're a faithful churchgoer. You are a faithful Christian. But you are still carnal and don't know the difference between life and death. Good and evil. Righteousness and self-righteousness. You don't understand it. Maybe a little bit. But still a babe in Christ. Not fully understanding. That's why God wants us to grow up. Everywhere he talk about growing, he's talking about the knowledge of him. The knowledge of God. Now, what are we going to do about it? Well, I don't know about you. I'm ready to strip my flesh and my senses naked. I am, Believe me, beloved, I said this before and I'm going to say this again and I'm going to say it stronger this time. Your problem is not the devil. The devil is whipped and defeated and he's declining to his end. Your problem is your flesh. It is the senses. Your senses want to go and do this. Your senses want to go and do that. Your body is dictating to you, go do this. Your body is telling you to go over there and it's evil here and wrong there and this. And I'm not to name these things. It's because we've not... Fill up our inward man, our spirit man, with who we are in Christ and what we have. And we've not subdued this outward man and crucified it, like the Word says to do. And extinguished extinguished the passions and the lusts thereof. And I'm going to show you by God's Word, He said to do exactly that. Now, let's uh, turn to the book of Ephesians. I said to you that I would show you some things... And uh, I want to do that. I, want, I, I don't want to let you leave without showing you some, some part of how, the how to, the how to, the, the way, how to do it. We always get preached to us what we can do and what we could do and all that, but we never understand as much how. How do we do this? I think the majority of the Christians want to serve God. I'd venture to say that 90% of the Christians that started with God started with a pure heart. A heart on fire for God. And then they got to a church one day and they heard somebody say that you've got to be sick and you've got to suffer for God and you've got to do this and do that and, and trials come upon you and this and it's God doing it to you. And they got so buried under because of condemnation and guilt. And you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that and you're supposed to live right for God. And, you're not, and they said, I want to live right for God, but I don't know how to do it. And so they walk off and walk down and say, forget church. Every time I go there, I'm beat over with the head. I know I'm no good anyhow. I know I'm condemned anyhow. I mean, everywhere I go. i, what I what, you know, Beloved, let me say this to you. You know that person that's doing wrong, and I don't care if, if he's a Christian or not, you know he knows it. And do you know the Spirit of God is convicting him, and his Spirit is condemning him? Read the Bible. 1 John 3. It's your Spirit that condemns you i talked to them to their face. And they said to me, you know, I know I'm doing wrong. That's, that's not supposed to be smoking or whatever it is. I use that because I, had, I know somebody personally that told me that. I said, I don't want to. And I know it's wrong. And I'm being condemned for it. God's not condemning you. Your spirit man is warring against your outward man. And your spirit man doesn't like it. Your outward man wants it. The lust is there. And you don't know what to do about it. You know what he said to do about it? It's extinguish it. That's what he said to do. I'll show you that in a word. Extinguish that lust or passion of the outward man by the Spirit. But they never were taught how to do it. And so they go into a church and, you know, and, and they hear somebody just get up there and preach hellfire and brimstone. And, I mean, they, this guy, they, got, they got them on a hot seat, man. They're just, you know, and they're sitting there, Yeah, I know I'm no good. Yeah, I know I can't I know I should I know I'm not living right for Jesus. And before you know, I mean they get tickled by that. Then they walk off and they realize that, yeah, what he's saying is true. I'll never live right for God, I'll never grow and develop. And so they go off into the world. Some of them go back Back. we call them backsliders. Actually they're just not walking in the knowledge of the fact that they've been purged from their sins. And the devil plays with their mind. They get to a place they even think they lost their salvation or they don't know that they, that they can go to heaven still. They don't know they can even be forgiven. I have to say like this, I was born again once. And I could fall on my knees and cry right there when I had somebody tell me I was born again once. I, says, I said, don't you mean, you mean to tell me you don't know that if you've been born again once you can't be born again again? They really thought I was born again once but now I'm, no, I'm not born again no more. I must be going to hell. Because of that kind of preaching, That kind of teaching. You know, this entire epistle is, all the epistles of Paul are constructive and not destructive. They're not condemnation, but they're building us up and edifying. Did you know that the body of, the the fivefold ministry was given for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry? Not for the destruction of the ministry, not for the condemnation of the ministry, not for pulling people down lower than where they already are. If you came every Sunday and all I did was preach how, how no good you were, you'd walk off by there thinking just how no good you were. Finally, he stopped coming by saying, well, there's no sense in me going to church. I'm no good. And every time I get there, he tells me how bad I am. And we call this church, see? And then, you know, and if you didn't really get one where the minister really laid it on you, I mean, really laid it on you, got your, you know, right where you live. Well, that wanted a good message. He gives something to teach them and instruct them and to feed them so they can grow. Get bored. Fall asleep. You know Why? See, so your outward man don't want to hear it. Your spirit man is what's being fed, and your outward man is, not doing, is just going around looking around. Oh, yeah. You think about it. I'll tell you what, we're going to subdue this outward man. We're going to crucify it. We're going to put it to death. We are going to mortify the deeds of the body. We are going to lay it out in a coffin and put the nail on it. <laughs> nail it shut dead dead bodies don't talk. <laughs> so if you speak the truth in love, you're speaking from your spirit. And if you go to be selfish, that old man rises up his head, just get a hammer, knock it on the head, knock it back down. There. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to do it, so I'm going to do it. Look at this over here. We read all this right here. I was quoting to you this over here in Ephesians 4th chapter, verse 15, speaking the truth in love and grow up in him in all things, which is dead, even Christ. Okay, but go on then to Verse 17. <laughs> Go on to verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. Notice the expression of the life that's in you is called a walk. Notice that. It's called a walk. Being a, not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. Notice that. Underline it having their understanding darkened, we're in the light. Being alienated from the life of God, we have been made partakers of the life of God. Through the ignorance, we've been made partakers through the knowledge. They are alienated through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. But God commanded light to come out of darkness and shine in our hearts the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Boy, that's a whole sermon right there what I just gave you. That's a mouthful right there. If you'd study meditate that, you'd, you'd be shouting for a week. See? They're alienated because of ignorance. We are united because of knowledge. They are because of the blindness of the heart. We are because in our hearts been shine shining the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Okay? Let's go on. Who being past feeling, have given themselves over to uh, lasciviousness, to all uncleanness and greediness, that you have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard of Him, and you have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you... Now notice these next three verses. These are very important. That you put off... Underline that. That you put off the lifestyle, the former lifestyle, the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, You put it off. Notice you're already born again. Okay? Look look at the next verse. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. May I say this at this point? You will not be renewed in the spirit of your mind if you will not put off the former lifestyle. Put off strife. Put off division. Put off envy. Put off selfishness. Put off all those things that are of the outward man. Put them off, for you, off from you by renewing your mind to God's Word. And look at the next part. And that you put on the new man. Now, he's already in you. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things will become new. we put off in spirit. But I'm not talking about spirit. I'm talking about your flesh. By the spirit, you are to put off the old man. Renew your mind. Put on the new man. Which is... Look at the, look at the last part of this verse. How it just... Dovetails right into what we're talking about. Which after God is created. After the image of Him that created Him. Which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now listen... Ye are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Look what he tells you to put off. Notice I said he's not talking about cigarettes. and He's not talking about, you know, throwing spitballs at your teachers. He's not talking about none of these things. Look what he's talking about. And may I say this to you that there are not many Christians that fulfill what he's saying right here. Because of lack of decision to put off this outward man and crucify him. Look what he says. Put away, lying, speak every man the truth with his neighbor. we remember one another. Be angry and sin not. People just blow up. They don't, they don't hold their anger. Okay? Uh, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Some of them go to bed. They don't care. They're still upset and mad, angry with you. Won't, we won't ask for forgiveness. Next one. Neither give place to the devil. You well forget that. They give him place all the time. Okay? Let him that stole still no more. Maybe they, they've learned that. But let, let him labor working with his hands and that thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. You might as well chalk that one up. But that which is good, that which is what? Knowledge of good and evil. But that which is good that it may minister grace. Uh, um, that which is good to use of edifying to minister grace to the hearers, and grieve not the Spirit of God, whereby you are still the day of redemption. Put off bitterness, put off wrath, put off anger, clamor, evil speaking, put away from you with all malice. I can go on and on and give you some more. Well, let's. Let's, let's do this. He goes on down there and names some other things, but I want you to notice what he's talking about first to put off. Let's go to the third chapter of the book of Colossians. We're going to have to start right here because we're going to identify ourselves, but start in the very first verse. If you've not done what he's saying in these verses, beloved, you are classified as a baby or carnal Christian. It's time we locate ourselves, be humble before God, admit it, and then go over these and do it. Put off these things from us. Let's look at it. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affection or passions on the, on the things above, not on things on the earth. Earthly, sensual, devilish. For you are What? Oh, if we could get to, into the depths of what he said right there. This is either a, a maniac, a hypocrite, a lunatic that said that. Who I mean, what does he mean you are dead? And look at this, and your life is evil with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, circle that word. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, unclean, uncleanness, in order affection, evil concupiscence, which is covetous, which is idolatry. For which things take the wrath of God, cometh on a tilt of disobedience, in the which you also, in the which you also walk. You also walked. Sometime when you lived in them. Past tense. You don't live in them anymore, so don't walk in them anymore. That's what he's saying. But now ye also put off, put off, put off the outward man, put off this old, put off from you all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. I want you to notice again. He's not talking about these things we talk, going to the picture show, doing this, and I'm not condoning it. I'm saying we have emphasized and put off from you all these short skirts, long skirts, hair braided, gold, earrings. It doesn't say that. We have allowed these things to be misinterpreted to us. We have put natural things above spiritual things. You start putting off these things, you won't be concerned about what you're wearing and stuff like that. You'll be walking as a adorned child of the Almighty God. And there won't be no question as to where you go or what you do. Because where you go and what you do will be ordered of the Lord. And He's not going to lead you to any ungodly place. Look at here. Look at this now. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge. After the image of him that created him. Again, it's being molded by knowledge. It's being molded by knowledge. Now he started that very 17th verse there by a walk. He talked about the walk. He said, walk not as others walk, but walk with the new man. How is the believer to walk? We walk by, not by sight. You could, you could put the word senses there where it says sight. That word sight means the outward appearance or the senses. We walk by faith, not by sight. If I were to walk by sight, I could see all the faults and the fears of everybody in this place. But Paul says, Wherefore henceforth, I know no man after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Why? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a... You want to know why people go through inner healings? You want to know why? You want to know why they go back and dig up their life? Try to get it right? I'm going to tell you why. They've never been taught... That they are a new creation in Christ. They have never been. Ex- it's never been expressed to them that they are a new creation. When you are born again, you are all things are passed away. You know what old things are? That old life, that old nature, old evil, all the, the knowledge of, of that evil that came into your spirit. It's all gone. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. They've never been taught that. And so they are searching and searching and searching for faults and failures and and things in a a person's life. But if you just tell them this, you are a new creation. You've been born again. You've got the life and the nature of God in you. Now you stand right your ground, look the devil in the eye and say that these things are gone and wiped out and you're born again, you're brand new. Beloved, you'll be set free like that. You get a revelation of that and you'll be set free just like that. That's exactly what he's saying here in verse 10. Exactly. Through that knowledge, beloved, through the knowledge of who I was in Christ, I'm going to tell you, I had a shouting party and I haven't stopped since. Since I got saved. Because I'm not looking at myself by the outward appearance. I'm looking at me in the inward man. Who I am in Christ. And I'm taking that which is on the inside of me and I'm reproducing it in my outward man so that I can be the express image of God's person through me. Through this outward man. That's exactly what he wants us to do. Now I want to show you something. The only way it's possible that this could be done. Go over there to Second Corinthians. I quoted you a scripture. Go to Second Corinthians 5.17. The only way that's possible this could be done. Is through. Identification. It's the only way. It's the only way you're going to be able to walk the victorious Christian walk. Is through identifying yourself with Christ in His death, His burial, His resurrection, His suffering, everything. This has been a misconceived idea, I think, in the church, right on down through the ages. Is that we're looking at ourselves as who we are as a sinner saved by grace, but still considered a sinner saved by grace. Because of the fact that this outward man dominates, but not really as who we are, a sinner that was saved by grace, who is the righteousness of God in Christ. And because of of a lack of understanding in this here area, people have just been whipped and beaten to a place of condemnation that they've turned, some of them turned their back on Christ. And are not walking in the light of who they are. Now, identification with Christ. I want you to see something here. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is... He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become what? Okay, the old things are passed away. Say that with me, I am a new creature. I was dead. Now I am alive. Period. And the day you got born again, that's the day it happened. OK? Verse 21. Verse 21. He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in who? Okay. I was sin. I was sin. Sin reigned in me. I was a sinner. I was sin more than the fact I was a sinner. I was a sinner because I was sin. Okay. Do you follow that? I was a sinner because I was sin. All right. Jesus was made sin so I could be made. Jesus was made condemned so I could be justified. Jesus was made sick so I could be. Jesus became poor so I could be. Don't be afraid to say it. It's in the scriptures. I'll give me a scripture. You can read it. Jesus was made death so I could have identification. Jesus suffered so I could be free. All right. Now you're starting to see something here. That's who you are in Christ. This is who you are out of Christ. I'm staying in Christ. If you want to stay out of Christ, that's all right. I'm staying in Christ. Only in Him am I these things. I've got to close here in a minute, but I'm going to show you a scripture. Go to Romans 6.6 6, real quick and Galatians 5.24. 5, we'll get into this tonight. We're going to get into, into this identification with Jesus. Okay, I'm going to get this here in, right here. Verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Now he's talking about your spirit. That the body of sin might be what? That henceforth we should not serve what? For he that is what? Is what? Okay, now listen. The inward man is already crucified. In the mind of justice, when Jesus died on Calvary's cross, your spirit was right there with him in the mind of justice. Didn't Paul say, I am crucified with Christ? His body wasn't, his spirit wasn't. Now listen, go to Galatians 5. He talks about the two lives, the life of the spirit, the life of the flesh, right? He's talking about the spirit lusting against the flesh. He talks about the work of the flesh and the the lust of the flesh, rather, and the works of the spirit, right? The fruit of the spirit. Look at this verse 24. And they that are Christ have what? Are you Christ? Alright, now listen to the definition of this word, crucified. Extinguished the passions and the lusts. Those that are Christ have extinguished the passions and the lusts of the flesh. That word affections means passions. If we live in the Spirit, let us... What? Now you see, he said, walk not after the... uh, Remember back there in Ephesians 4, 17? But walk after the what? Not the Holy Spirit. Walk after the Spirit, not the flesh of man. Your Spirit's born again. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, meekness, temperance, and faith. Heal, delivered, and set free. Walk after the Spirit.